am opening up your Superman series instead of Jeff Murphy. Uh, Jeff was trying to find out the best way to get Superman started. And so he and I started this whole thing out with a bet. And he wanted to, he, in his truck, he thought he could beat me in a race. And so guess what? He didn't. And then he decided, let's do this double or nothing. And guess what happened? This double or nothing went on and on and on. It became quadruple or nothing. I'm preaching for the rest of the year now, okay? Y'all okay with that? I'm just teasing. Uh, as long as Mike Spencer doesn't show up, I think I can keep beating Jeff uh, uh, in the race. But uh, anyway, no, I'm glad to be with you this morning and look forward to sharing uh, what uh, the Lord has given me today in the beginning of this series. And gentlemen, you can imagine that uh, our crosshairs are pretty much going to be focused squarely on you. I give you that quick warning. Ladies, I don't want you to be emboldened by this too much. In fact, I hope to take a time out within uh, one piece at least of my message today to make sure uh, I get, it'll be at times like your man that's sitting next to you is going to be on the ground and it's like my foot's going to be on his throat today, okay? But at least once today, I'm going to take my foot off and I won't put it on yours, but I'll challenge you too. So ladies, don't check out on me is my, is my point. And what I want you to do too is I want you to listen to what I have to say today to the gentleman that's in your life, husband, father, son, what have you, and use this as a way to pray for them and encourage them because uh, what Jeff has in mind with this over the next couple of weeks is to really putting the super back in men, and so we want to do that. And speaking of men and uh, manly men and all that sort of thing, uh, anybody recognize the long-lost drummer that made his way back to us today? Oh, Josh, man, yeah. I like that spring-loaded chair of his, man. He gets me rolling when he's on the drum, so I'm very uh, glad to have him back. And now let me give you one more quick plug on Rally Day. You really need to be involved in a growth group, okay? This is a wonderful time, wonderful experience with wonderful music, with talented musicians and just uh, a high energy and it's a, and it's a great experience hopefully a great motivator and encourager to you for your week. But if you really want to dive down deep into your Christian walk, and, uh, then you need to do it with other, other people on a more intimate basis and in, in a more intimate level. In fact, if you want to go to the table that's going to be kind of closest to the door up there, you'll see Luis up there, okay? Luis and I are going to be partnering for eight weeks to do the book of James with you. Uh, and so, gentlemen, if you want a challenge, uh, again, doesn't have to be just gentlemen, okay, but if you want a challenge on how to live and you want to look at the book of James, come with Luis and I, and he's going to be manning our table. I just get the opportunity to give a shameless plug from our, our own personal um, uh, growth group uh, on that. Today in our Superman series, we want to talk about what is that kind of man, what is the man that uh, we are looking for? What is the man that we are in need of today in our society? What is the kind of man that your wife needs? What is the kind of man that your children need? Now, let me go ahead and get this little disclaimer out up front. I have hated preparing this message today because I realize how far I fall short, okay? So, gentlemen, before I, I put my foot on your throat, I want you to know the Lord's had his foot on mine. Okay, is that all right? I'm with you. I'm one of you. I understand the failure, and I understand uh, what comes uh, with not being that man that God wants us to be, that superman that we can be in the Lord, that he will make us if we'll allow him to, because our children, our wives, our parents, our family, our businesses, 
our communities, every part about us, our entire country, we need men like this today. So let me start with a very sobering question for you today that's found in the Scripture. It's not going to be our ultimate passage, but it's in Proverbs chapter 20. And verse number 6, it says this, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find? Who can find such a man? That's a very sobering question when we began to see, okay, many people claim to have all this great unfailing love, and words are great, you know, but our actions really show and bring out this question, but a faithful man, who can find this individual? Who can find this person? Gentlemen, let me go ahead and begin the challenge with you that the, your family keys off of your leadership. Your family keys off of your leadership. When your family is stable and secure and satisfied, it is because you are giving them the kind of godly leadership, that leadership that a man should give to his wife, that he should give to his children, that he should give in order to make that home a stable and secure and a very satisfied environment. And when your leadership is failing as a husband and as a father and you see your family crumbling or, or fearful, or anxious and anxiety-filled, you can pretty much look back and say, okay, where have I dropped the ball as a man? Where have I dropped the ball as a leader in my home? Because so much of your family's stability and security rests, it rises or falls on the leadership that you give to that family. I want you to go to a passage with me today. If you have a Bible, open it up. If you don't, we're going to put the verses on the screen. It's Psalm 112. I remember when I was beginning to work on this message, I, I, we were walking in our neighborhood. I asked my wife, I said, if you were to help me define a man, what would you pick? What would you say? Go to Scripture. And she gave me some of her thoughts and her ideas. And, and at that very time, I was... Uh, coming back to Psalm 112. I've never preached out of Psalm 112 before, but the more I read it and the more I looked at it, I'm thinking, wow, what a passage that will challenge us. Here's what I want us to do. We're going to read the psalm together, all 10 verses. It's just 10 verses long. Then we're going to go back and look at some of the promises that are found in those 10 verses. It's promise-filled. There's all kinds of promises to us men in this regard, to us families, okay? It's not just men. And then after we look at those promises, gentlemen, I'm going to issue you three challenges today about the kind of man that I believe God wants to make us into as we begin the series called Super Men, Putting the Super Back Into Man. Okay, Psalm 12. Let's read it, and then we're going to go back and look through it real quickly at the promises. Praise the Lord, verse 1. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Even in, dark, even in darkness light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked man will see and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. 
Let's go back through this for just a moment because we don't have a whole lot of time today. Some of the things that we're going to look at and talk about, we could spend weeks on. Jeff and I have talked about that, about how you can take each individual point we try to make and just spend forever on it. So we can only make some highlights today on some of these. But first of all, let's look at these promises. And before we actually look at the promises themselves, look at verse number one again and look at what really defines and set the tone for this kind of man. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord and finds delight in his commands. Blessed is the man who has a proper and healthy fear of the Lord and delights in his commands. Here's a question for you, gentlemen. Do you delight in the commands of the Lord? Do you find great delight in his word? Do you find such delight in it that you are drawn to it on a daily basis? Are you finding delight in it where you cannot have enough of it and you must feed on it more and more? That's a very challenging question for us, gentlemen, that number one, do we have a proper fear of the Lord and respect of God himself? And then it's shown even in a delight for his commands. That's where it begins. But notice in verse 2, listen to some of these promises. Here's a promise for your children, okay? A promise for your family. Look at verse 2 again. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. I am so thankful for a godly heritage from my father and my father-in-law. I believe that through their families and as the men that they have been, they have blessed me as a child and as a son-in-law and my brothers and the others in our family. The generation of the upright will be blessed. A wonderful promise for your children as you seek to be that godly man. So much of the blessing that your children are looking for and needing will come from your walk with God. Look at the next promise found in verses 3 and 4 concerning your character, really. This, ha this is, has to do with your own character. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Verse 4, even in darkness light dawns for the upright for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Four times it says in those two verses, it uses, it uses the word righteous twice and then gracious and compassionate. This has to do with your character. Now when it says wealth and riches are in your house, I just don't believe that that's going to be a boatload of money. I don't believe that's going to mean that you are going to be wealthy and filthy rich. I believe that those wealth and riches are going to come so much in your relationships and the, the time with your family that, that, and the relationships that you have with your spouse, with your children, is going to be so wealthy that you wouldn't trade anything for it. Now, God will meet your needs financially. God will bless you. That's just God's way. He's always met my needs. He's always blessed me abundantly. But when we talk about wealth and riches, we're talking about things that money can't buy. And that's what God is going to do. That is the, the blessing. That is the promise for a man with that kind of character, righteous gracious and compassion, compassionate. Now look at the conduct in verse 5. Here's a great promise on how you conduct your affairs. It says, good, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Good will come to him. I love being able to sit with some of the people I get to sit with during the week. Some of these people are, are owners of companies, and some of these people are not but I have in mind one that I won't bring up his name. 
But as he sits there and he talks to me at times about what he does and what he should do, what he feels like doing, what he feels called to do on behalf of his employees and whatnot, I think of his name when I think of this verse, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely and who conducts his affairs with justice. In fact, I could name you more than just that one, but there's one that comes to my mind. Good will come to him. A great promise, once again, gentlemen, if you will look at Psalm 112. And by the way, gentlemen, if you have 60 seconds a day, 80 if you want to read it slowly, read Psalm 112 every day. Remind yourself of these promises that are yours from the Lord. Just read it. Read it slowly. I know you've got 60 to 80 seconds a day. That's how long it'll take to read this and just continually remind you, God, if I conduct myself righteously in my affairs with justice, this is what my promise is from you. Look at the kind of legacy God promises you in verse 6. It says, surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. That is a pretty good legacy. That is a pretty good legacy for you to be remembered forever. I hope that as we pass on the stories of our fathers and, and hopefully ourselves, that there will be, they will be remembered generations to come, though they may have never known my father or my grandfather. And I could talk to you about my grandparents' legacy as well. Look at this, gentlemen, about the confidence that you can walk in. Here's a, here's a great promise of God for you being able to walk in confidence. Going back to verse 6 again, and we're going to read uh, through 8. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. And then listen to this, verse 7. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. And again, he says he will have no fear. And in the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. I love those verses. Gentlemen, you can walk in confidence in being the gentleman, the man that God has called you to be, that he expects you to be, that your wife and children hope for you to be. There is no fear in bad news. Your heart will be steadfast. Your heart will be secure. No fear, and in the end, you will look in triumph over all your foes. Wonderful, wonderful promises for you men. Wonderful. As you think about the fact that I, I warned you I was going to step on your throat today. But listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. This is great promises. These are great uh, things to encourage us with today. Then look at verse number 9. One more great promise. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And his horn will be lifted high in honor. That word horn is a symbol of your power. Symbol of your strength. And again, the symbol of your strength, the symbol of your power is found in your righteousness, in your generosity, and in your goodness to others. Before we move to the challenges, i got to mention verse number 10 because all of a sudden, it seems like verse 10 is a little out of place because verses 1 through 9 are talking about all these wonderful promises to the godly man, to the man who uh, follows the Lord Jesus Christ, walks with him, and leads his family in this way. And all of a sudden, verse 10 gives us something here, and it says this, the wicked man will see. Will see what? The wicked man will see all that we just described. The wicked man will take notice of all of this, okay? And it says, he will be vexed. I love that word. The wicked man is going to take notice of all these things. He's going to see all this, and he's going to be vexed. In other words, he's going to be irritated, and he is going to be annoyed, it also means that he will be distressed and he will be plagued by all of this. 
It literally means that he will be in torment over this and troubled over all that he sees. And what he will see in you is, is that godly man, that man who is leading his family in this way, and it's going to annoy him and irritate him so much that he's not going to know what to do. You know what the opposite of vexed is? You ready for this? Seriously, it's delight. Verse 1, blessed is the man who finds great delight in God's commands. The wicked man will be vexed at all of these things. He will not be able to understand it. He will look at this and, and not be able to fathom it. And it will irritate him and annoy him greatly. I wanted to start today and to start the series that we're doing here with those promises. Because in the scripture we find tremendous encouragement. Great encouragement right there. That to follow the Lord in this way brings great promises and great blessings. And we see a quick glimpse of the one who does not follow that. He is vexed and irritated, annoyed, and he does not, does not find delight in any of this. So gentlemen, listen to me now. In light of these promises, in light of all this encouragement, let me issue you three challenges. Let me ask you as the, the whole thing, saying goes, let's see if we can man up a little bit today to be that super man that God has called us to be. Here they go. There were four of them. They're back there on the computer going, wait a minute, I thought there were four. We're just not going to get to the fourth one today, you know, because we always prepare too much. Let's just go ahead and save that for another day. Okay, three. Okay, here's the first one. Gentlemen, I, you need to do this. You need to start by acknowledging the power of your influence. You just need to go ahead and acknowledge it, and I'm going to tell you what I mean by that right now. Your wife's happiness, your wife's emotional security rests squarely on your shoulders. Now let me back up real fast and make a quick disclaimer and let me tell you what I'm not saying. Your wife is not some codependent, needy individual that can't make it in life without her man. That's not what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, don't you misunderstand me either. However, what I will tell you based on experience as well is gentlemen, your wife's happiness and emotional security rests squarely on your shoulders. Let me read you this quote by Dr. Richard Halverson. You might know his name as the chaplain of the United States Senate for many years. And at age 69 and after 42 years of marriage, this is what he said, and I quote, It is my deep, settled conviction that 100% of the responsibility for the sustenance of the marriage relationship belongs to the husband. The scriptures tell us that as husbands, we need to model ourselves after Jesus Christ, who gave himself up in every way in order to present his bride to himself without blemish or stain or spot or wrinkle. Gentlemen, that is your calling. I've told many people, some very recently, when I sit in marriage situations, and when I get the man by himself, and I, I say this even to both of them, I say to the gentleman, I say, you know, the, the Scripture tells you and calls you to something that you, that you really can't do ultimately, okay? But it still is your measure. It is still the measure of your success, okay? Where in Ephesians we are told, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Hello, that's impossible, but it's still your goal. 
To love your wife and to give yourself up for your wife as Christ loved and gave himself up for the church is an extremely high calling and one that is extremely difficult. But gentlemen, it is your calling. And as Dr. Halverson said, he places 100% responsibility of the sustenance of your marriage on such a thing. Now, gentlemen, let's just be honest with ourselves right now. That is heavy. That is heavy. That is major. And when men look at me and they whine a little bit and say, oh, my wife just doesn't give me what I need. Well, guess what? Maybe, and I can speak from the failures of experience, maybe you are not doing what God has called you to do. Maybe it's because you haven't manned up in that regard and said, I'm going to love my wife like Christ loved the church. I'm going to give myself up for her like Christ gave himself up for the church. I am going to sacrifice. I am going to give. I am going to place myself in this position where I exalt and love and protect and care for and give to and all the other adjectives you need to throw in for my wife. That's heavy. That's a foot on your throat, really, is what it is, and I can feel the pressure myself. Now, ladies, let me do a timeout on your husband for just a second, okay? Let me let him breathe for a minute, and I'm going to get to you now for just a second. You might look at me and say, well, Mike, what do we do when he fails at that sort of thing? What do we do when he doesn't succeed at that? Well, I'll tell you what to do. You either call or come visit my wife, okay? Because she can tell you all the things that she's done over all the years where I have failed miserably at that time. And you know what I believe she'd tell you because she's so gracious to me? She would tell you this, ladies, learn a few things. Love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Your husband's not going to be perfect. He's not going to win that battle every day. And some days you might think, well, Mike, he fails more than he wins at it. Well, love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. If it weren't for those kind of things, I might very well be on my eighth marriage by now. <laughs> but fortunately, <laughs> but fortunately, I celebrated 25 years this year to the same wife, my same one. Yeah. And if you think I'm lying, ask her, okay? She's still so gracious that she's not going to tell you all my bad. That's just her way, okay? However, I believe she would tell you that, and that is love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness, the oil of relationships so that the engine doesn't lock up and blow. Ladies, help your gentlemen out. Love them. Show them grace and mercy and forgiveness. And gentlemen, don't you go thinking that they've got to forgive you every time you know, that you can get away with it because the high calling still rests on you. Acknowledge the power of your influence. Now, look, we're not going to have time for a lot of this, so I'm going to just read you some of these. Let's, let's move on to the influence that you have on your children. The influence that you have on your children. Fatherless daughters are 53% more likely to marry as teenagers. Fatherless daughters are 111% more likely to have children as teenagers. Fatherless daughters are 164% more likely to have an out-of-wedlock birth. Fatherless daughters have a 92% higher divorce rate than girls raised with dads in their homes. Fatherless sons are 35% more likely to experience marital failure. Fatherless sons are 300% more likely to become incarcerated. Fatherless 
Sons make up 70% of all juveniles in state institutions. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of high school. Fatherless children have only half the chance of being high achievers. Fatherless children are 50% more likely to have learning disabilities. Fatherless young adults are twice as likely to need and receive psychological help. And according to our nation's hospitals, 80% of adolescents admitted for psychiatric reasons come from fatherless homes. Pastor David T. Moore, in his book, The Five Lies, he said this, the heart of every little boy and girl lies within a father's hands. Gentlemen, never underestimate the power of your influence with your children. And you might look at me and say right now, well, Mike, I'm, my kids are not fatherless. I'm here. I'm with them. Make sure you're with them just because you live in the house doesn't mean you're with them. Just because you are present and accounted for every night in your bed or whatever does not necessarily mean you are totally present in their lives. Gentlemen, acknowledge, accept, and embrace the power of your influence. You have great influence, and as you embrace it, Go to the promises of the Scripture in Psalm 112 to encourage you. The second challenge I would give you today, gentlemen, is this. Avoid the pitfalls of your masculinity. Since the theme now is supermen, there is a kryptonite out there that you need to look out for, okay? And that you need to watch out for. And I'm going to touch on a couple of them, but here's really the number one pitfall of your masculinity. You ready for this, gentlemen? Ladies, don't stand and say amen. <laughs> it's arrogance. You know why I know that? I don't have time to tell you the stories. <laughs> it's true. We are arrogant. It's been said of men that we're 90% ego wrapped in skin, right? Ladies, how many of you would like to buy your man for what he's worth and sell him for what he thinks he's worth? <laughs> Big time profit, correct? Listen, we learn these things. My dad is 74 years old. And on the golf course, I'll put him up against anybody right now on the planet, except for a shoulder problem he has, with anybody else his age in the world of golf. That's how good my dad is at his age. He has a saying. Now, in the world of sports, this is still arrogant, okay? But it's funny to listen to my dad say it. He always says, it ain't bragging if you can back it up, you know? <laughs> And that's usually after he's whipped me again, okay, and I'm much younger, you know. I think I've shared this story with you before, and I forgot what it was, but Stephen, when he was a young fella, he won something, he lifted his hands with clenched fist and looked to the heavens and just said, ha, 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 to which my wife replied, there's still no humble Fortenberry man alive, you know. <laughs> Arrogance is a killer, isn't it? I mean, gentlemen, let's just be honest. We're full of ourselves. And let me share with you very quickly, since time is short today. And I've shared this with people before, and I still try to learn it myself. I am a fellow journeyman with you on this path. Nothing good comes in the wake of arrogance. Everything good comes in the wake of humility. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Humble yourselves before your spouse. Humble yourselves before your children. Demonstrate humility. 
demonstrate these qualities that show you to be the man God desires for you to be, that one that not only accepts and embraces their the power of their influence, but that you realize this is a pitfall of mine. This is something that can really nail me if I'm not careful. Nothing good follows in the wake of arrogance. Everything good follows in the wake of humility. You know, another kryptonite really of yours and a pitfall of your masculinity is just simply being aloof. It really is. And so, what you need to understand is this. Your family is starving for your affection and your, and your approval. Stop withholding your affection. Stop withholding your approval in their world. And let me share with you one more by quoting this song with you again. Another pitfall of your masculinity is your time. Your time. You apply this to, uh, to whatever level you need to, whether it's for your, your time at work, your time for your own personal desires, and whatnot. Uh, I know I'm an older person in this crowd in, the, uh, in which we live in, but how many of y'all remember the Harry Chapin song, The Cat's in the Cradle? Y'all remember that song, anybody? It's one that still could really preach today. You ready for this? Let's listen. To, I'm going to try not to break out in song, but it almost makes you want to sing. Where's Adam? It'll make you want to sing. Okay, good. Adam's not in here. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. He was talking before I knew it, and as he grew, he'd say, you know I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. That's huge. Whoa. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I've got a lot to do, he said. That's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. He said, I'm going to be just like him, you know. I'm going to be just like him. He came from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and he said with a smile, what I'd really like, dad, is to borrow the keys. Can I have them, please? I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu. But it's been sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, my boy was just like me. He'd grown up just like me. And the cat's in the cradle... In the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you coming home? Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then, Dad. You know we'll have a good time then. You know, when Harry Chapin wrote that song and it became big on the charts, the story of his life as he shared it was he began to wonder why he was not paying attention to what he was singing. Kind of like a preacher not paying attention to what he preaches, okay? You know what I mean? And he made a decision that that coming summer he was going to slow down and he was going to then make some changes, cancel some engagements and slow down. And that same summer was the summer he was killed in a car wreck. So you don't know what you have tomorrow. It may be that your pitfall is just pure arrogance. It may be that you're aloof and you're starving your family, gentlemen, from the affection and the approval they need. Or it may just be that time is your biggest pitfall 
from being the man God's called you to be. Here's the last one. In light of that, in light of accepting those and acknowledging the power of your influence and avoiding these pitfalls, the third one's very simple. Arrange the priorities of your life the way you should. Arrange the priorities of your life in the way that you should. Let me help you with that by looking back at our passage one last time. In verses 1 through 3, this is what we read. Psalm 112, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Your priorities are to build a proper relationship with God, to build a proper relationship with your family, and then to nurture your own inner relationship of character and integrity and that inner life that oftentimes we don't pay attention to, gentlemen. We want to pay attention to all the physical, all the things around us, the bills, the job, the house, the lowering my handicap on the golf course or whatever it may be, and all those other things matter to us, but we neglect the inner life. Our relationship with God, our relationship with our families, and our inner life. One more. I don't usually bring this much stuff with me up here. Industry Week surveyed managers across the country and asked what they worried about the most. And here's the answer. Listen. The number one worry was personal health. The second was lack of time. Five on the list was their personal investments. Number six was estate planning. Number seven was their relationship with their children. And number 10 was their marriage. That's their priorities. Children didn't even enter into the equation until number seven. And their wife didn't even come into the equation until number 10. That's a shame, isn't it? Gentlemen, putting the super back in man, Psalm 112, filled with great promises, filled with great encouragement, but must be embraced along with challenges, acknowledging the power of your influence, arranging your priorities, and avoiding the pitfalls that are before us all the time. Gentlemen, let me share with you one last time. I'm a fellow journeyman with you in this process. I wish I could stand before you today as an expert. Really, my expertise is on the failure side more than anything. I'm like a lot of you. I know the right thing to do and oftentimes don't accomplish it. But it doesn't mean we need to stop trying. There's power in your influence. Accept it and embrace it. Use it as a challenge. Look out for those pitfalls. Humble yourself before the Lord and your family. And take those priorities. And don't wait for your children to come up till number seven. And don't let your wife know she's been number ten for all that time. When they should be at the very top of our list. Let's pray together.